It's that time of the week. Put on that noon pot of coffee. Stop scrolling through weekend family photos on your phone and get your head into the transfer pricing game. And what better way than through a rundown of the latest regulation changes and the biggest headlines in international tax. On behalf of everyone at Cross Border Solutions, don't mind if we do. Here's the latest hot off the press. Remember how in last week's episode of our long-form podcast, The Fiona Show, we covered how much of a pain in the Australian outback the Australian Taxation Office can be? Well, case in point, mining group BHP just settled their long-standing feud with the ATO over, you guessed it, transfer pricing. The final price tag, $390 million in additional taxes for years 2003 to 2018, all stemming from trade of the group's raw material supply through their Singapore subsidiary, which at least on paper is supposed to specialize and marketing services. Now, this is a popular transfer pricing maneuver and one the ATO does not appreciate. In the case of BHP, shipping iron ore through the subsidiary in the 15-year period let them take full advantage of certain benefits laid out in the UK's long-standing trade agreement with every multinational's favorite Asian Pacific city-state. Those advantages matter to the ATO, who gets left out in the process. And because it means they have an opening in court to argue they're missing out on taxable revenue, we all know if there's any tax authority that won't stand for missing what they see coming to them it's the ATO. Even if they have to procure an adjustment without soliciting a plea of wrongdoing, as they did in this case with BHP, oh, trust us, they will get what they see coming to them. The bigger picture here is that the ATO is cracking down on marketing hubs, and no one can afford to look as blatant about it as BHP looks here. You mean you have to, have to, have to ship raw iron through a marketing hub? Yeah, just like you should fill your tires with helium to get your car to fly, I guess, right? That's how it works. In speaking of classic Fiona Show episodes, the day has arrived, and that day is the day that the Ninth Circuit Court declined to revisit its ruling against Intel subsidiary Altera, a.k.a. last Monday. Like BHP earlier in our rundown, Altera dragged out their precedent-setting, to say the least, barroom brawl with the IRS as long as they could, asking the Ninth Circuit Court to hear the case again after a three-judge panel ruled in June that the feds had a point in saying Altera should have paid 80 million more dollars than they did in the years 2004 to 2007. This case and its now standing ruling is sending huge ripples through the tech industry as it kicks many companies right in the delicates, which is to say their long-standing APAs dealing in cost pools and stock compensation. In essence, the fight boils down to the company's 2004 stock compensation program that included options for employees who performed research and development activities, all of which was in line with Altera's 1997 APA with the IRS requiring their U.S. entity and their Cayman subsidiary to pool resources and share the burden of R&D costs. A few years later, Congress passed the Administrative Procedure Act in its infamous Section 482, requiring companies to include employee stock compensation in the cost pool under cost-sharing agreements to better assess whether companies meet the arm's-length standard. But when Altera rolled out their compensation package in 2004, they, like a lot of tech companies in the time since, thought that they didn't have to abide by the new law and could just stick to their 1997 APA. Altera's legal team then spent the last four years arguing they did not need to abide by the now 16-year-old law. That is until last week when the tax justice gods and the courts ultimately decided, oh yeah, they did. And now tax departments across the tech industry are probably up all night wondering if they're next, where we are very sorry. But if you're looking for a sleep aid, you're going to have to find a transfer pricing podcast without this much sparkling personality.
Turning to our ongoing coverage of global digital service tax drama, last week the drama hit new peaks. Usually we use this segment to tell you a bunch of those countries over there just got tired of waiting for the OECD's multilateral solution and unilaterally pass their own digital services tax. Looking at you, UK and France. But last week the snail's pace of the multilateral solution came to a substantially even more grinding halt when the seventh largest economy on planet Earth decided to slam on the brakes for a vehicle barely moving in the first place. Because India, ladies and gentlemen, would like you to know they are seriously not feeling the OECD's multilateral solution. And on the surface, they have a point. Under the current OECD formulation, India would only receive a comparatively thin slice of a company's, quote, residual profit that is apportioned among the countries where it has access to markets. In other words, Facebook losing access to one billion people in the Indian market would be devastating to their bottom line, obviously. But they would probably never notice how much less in digital service taxes they are paying in the process of losing that access should the OECD's multilateral solution pass. That imbalance has developing countries up in arms, and the G24 group quickly lined up behind India, not just for casting the first stone, but also for their very equitable counteroffer. Instead of leaning so hard on the routine versus residual profit measures, India proposes focusing on revenue to determine the size of businesses in accordance with thresholds, much in the way the unilateral digital tax laws operate for those super cool rebels who have made their impatience well known. The difference is doing so apportions income to each jurisdiction in line with operations inside those jurisdictions across the supply chain. It's sweet, it's simple, and it sounds great for developing countries, hence the applause. But to the OECD, India might protest too much as, under their proposal, certain tech companies relying heavily on IT and other support services, a giant industry in India, in case you're not catching our drift, might end up paying far less in taxes to their home countries. Has India overplayed its hand? Will more countries get sick and tired of waiting for the OECD to decide on a global approach to the digital services tax? Will Batman and Robin escape the Riddler and deliver Gotham City from such a dastardly, diabolical plot? You'll just have to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify to find out. And while you're there, check out our long-form interview podcast, where we sit down with experts every week to discuss big-picture transfer pricing issues, tough-to-handle jurisdictions, and pull apart some of the very headlines you hear on this show. The Fiona Show, hot off the Press is edited, engineered, and hosted by yours truly, Matthew DeMello, who is now officially funny yet knowledgeable enough to continue writing our scripts, apparently. And for that, he thanks executive producer Marilyn Mitchum-Strom for her unflinching support. Catch you next week, everyone. Mm-hmm.